0: This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I am your host, PWI senior writer Al Castle, Back once again with my co host, Brian Solomon.
1: How are you, Brian? I'm okay, Al. I'm trying to stay healthy like we all are, pretty much.
0: Yes, it just, uh, I think this is now three consecutive weeks that we've recorded, okay. and it's incredible just from week to week uh, how different, you know, forget wrestling, how, how different the world is. Um, But uh, obviously our concern uh, here, at least for the next hour or so, is going to be wrestling and uh, trying to do our little part to keep everybody entertained and maybe thinking about something other than the real grim kind of dark reality uh, outside their door. Uh, Me being here in New York, it doesn't get much grimmer than than here. Uh, But nevertheless, you know, uh, it is what is traditionally the biggest week. In the uh, calendar for for wrestlers and for wrestling fans, WrestleMania is this weekend, and we wanted to uh, stop by with kind of a preview. We will talk about the card. Uh, you know, fair to say we've never had a WrestleMania like this. Uh, we're going to be previewing a show that... Uh, I believe, already has happened, uh, essentially, which is, again, just, just one of the many things that make this WrestleMania just one of the most bizarre ones ever. And even from when we last spoke, Brian, um, there's a few updates that we'll talk about. And uh, joining us here uh, on the show, I actually uh, because one of the things that I really wanted to explore about uh, the the impact of the coronavirus uh, outbreak is how it affects independent wrestlers. You know, when when you talk about uh, the financial hit that that WWE, this multi billion dollar company, or even AEW, or or a lot of other kind of um, the national pro wrestling promotions that they're taking, and it's not to uh, uh, undercut the significance of them, but clearly the, the folks in the wrestling business who are feeling this the most are uh, independent wrestlers, independent promoters, especially those for whom this week uh, in Tampa was was going to be the highlight of, of their, their year financially, and uh, obviously that that's all called off. So uh reached out to my friend Shane from the New York Wrestling Connection, which is uh, the premier independent wrestling promotion uh, here on Long Island and, and really one of the, the bigger and better ones in the uh, the New York metro area when you look at um, a lot of the folks that have graduated there and uh, asked that you could connect me with uh, a, a somebody who works out of there who uh, is familiar with the WWE Performance Center uh, and uh, got hooked up with Rex Lawless, who is on the line. How are you, Rex? Hi, thank you for having me. And and uh, no, my pleasure. And uh, again, one of the reasons we wanted to, to have you on is to talk about, you know, again, the, the, the financial hit. Uh, now, I know you weren't supposed to be in Tampa. You, you mentioned you, you knew people who would have been there uh, this weekend. Uh, but I imagine for the last few weeks, the next few weeks, you would have had plenty of bookings. You mentioned that you were actually going to be working on WrestleMania, uh, not on WrestleMania, but but that day for a show here in New York. So uh, financially, what's this been like for you?
2: Well, yeah, it does hit a little bit financially because my girlfriend, who also helps me pay the rent, um, was on a few of the shows down in Tampa that definitely would have helped that we're missing out on. But and that show, I was very much looking forward to Outlaw Wrestling in Queens Brewery in Brooklyn. We were going to do a little afternoon card and then uh, do a WrestleMania viewing party, which is a lot of fun. Uh, everybody has some beers, hangs out with the wrestlers and watch the show. And yeah, you definitely, we could have sold some merch there. Yeah. It's a really cool venue. Really cool idea. We've done shows there before and brewery shows are getting very popular in independent wrestling. It's just like a really cool vibe. You usually get a lot of non wrestling fans at those types of shows too. They just want to come out, have a good time. And those are usually like some of the funnest crowds to work in front of. But as far as uh, WrestleMania weekend goes, I know a lot of my friends in the business are hurting from this pretty badly. And, uh, it's just it's tough when you just like every day we pretty much dedicate our whole day and lives to uh, pursuing the dream of professional wrestling, and then now all of a sudden that's gone. It's it's tough on a lot of people. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and you also do some training, right? I mean, both at NYWC and and uh, I believe I was told that uh, you work with uh, Mike Quackenbush at Mike Quackenbush at his
2: school in the Philadelphia area, right? Yeah, what's cool about uh, the Wrestle Factory, which is the Chikara school, he's been running uh, classes online, just doing a uh, like through video video classes where you could join in at a chat and just watch him. And he does seminars and stuff, so he's been keeping it going that way. But it's very tough for a lot of these schools who can't operate right now too, and who rely on the uh, the monthly shows to help pay their rent. And yeah, I've recently moved to Philly, but. I came up at NYWC. That was the first school I trained at when I was just starting from scratch, and it is a great school. Probably the most consistent running New York promotion, and it's it's very tough to run in New York. A lot of expenses go into it, and they definitely do it the right way over there.
0: Yeah, they have their own space, the NYWC uh, Sportatorium right in Deer Park, and uh, when when you look at the list of graduates out of there, and you know, tell me if I'm missing anybody, but you got Zach Ryder, you got Kurt Hawkins, you got uh Tony Neese. Uh who else has come out of there?
2: Uh well Matt Stryker was there for a little bit. Mike Mike, Mike Mondo. Mondo, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, uh, we recently got Alex Coglin, who's in New Japan, uh a young lion from New Japan who's right, been right. on a bunch of New Japan shows too. Yeah. And in AEW, right? Um, uh, What's his name? Uh, 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 Alex Reynolds, right? Uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Who I think a lot of people who have just seen them in AEW and don't really know them, don't really know what they're capable of. They're they're great wrestlers. Uh, I've learned so much from them. Coming yeah, up. Yeah,
0: I know I know Alex did some training there as well. And uh yeah, I thought about them. I mean I know they hold those those monthly shows and the and the training and you know, they gotta pay for that space and mm-hmm. um like everybody else, they're just shut down. Uh yeah. and and uh it it's a real difficult time. So um, I, I know different independent wrestlers are are trying to make ends meet. Uh, you, you mentioned the uh, the Chikara School going online. Is is there a URL or something that you could share with folks who may be interested in, in checking that out?
2: Uh, I think it's just for the students, pretty much. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's like private classes for the students, but it it's all online. If you if anybody wants to look into either NYWC or the Chikara School, I re, I highly recommend both. Whether you're in the Pennsylvania area or New York area and you want to become a wrestler, but that's the way to do it. Do it right through yeah. one of those places.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, look, if you were uh, planning to be in Tampa as I was and checking out a lot of independent shows and maybe had a uh, stash, a little money uh, aside to, to spend there, um, it's a good time to support your local independent wrestlers. Uh, you know, they, they were, they were counting on this weekend to make ends meet and, and, um, If you could still help them do that, uh, by all means, uh, please do support your local independent wrestlers, local independent uh, promotions. Um, Again, uh, I've been following what NYWC has been doing for a long, long time. I think they do terrific work, and uh, I hope to see them back on their feet um, before long, along with the rest of the country. Um, So uh, just keep your fingers crossed. Uh, so real quick, let me mention to you the latest issue of Pro Wrestling uh, Illustrated is available now. It is our decade uh, in review. The the just as we do the year in wrestling, this is the decade in wrestling. Looking back on the 2010s with our. Decade Awards, Wrestler of the Decade, Tag Team of the Decade, Match of the Decade, and so on. Uh, It's all in the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, featuring on the cover AJ Styles, our Wrestler of the Decade, and my interview uh, with AJ, which I believe we featured here uh, a couple weeks ago uh, on the podcast. Uh, So definitely go and pick up uh, that issue. Uh, let me pull up the uh, the table of contents as I like to do, and talk about what else is in this issue.
1: Do you happen to have it in front of you, Brian? You know what? I did not get my issue in the mail yet, so I'm <laughs> really calling you out right now. It has not wow. arrived.
0: Wow, it's interesting, because I got mine uh, at least a week or so ago. Here we go, yeah. Uh, so you got the hot seat interview with AJ Styles, The again, the, the Decade Awards, a feature on Tessa Blanchard, the Impact uh, Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, um, a feature on uh, Dana Brooke, and she's part of, of kind of some of the unfortunate news coming out of WrestleMania, her dropping out of uh, one of the title matches there. Um, and uh, this looks at some other challenges that, that she's had over her life. Uh, this is a fun feature, 25 under 25. Uh, so 25 wrestlers that we profiled who are making uh, a big impact in wrestling and um, are 25 years old or younger. And a lot more, the usual uh, columns and all the features here in this magazine. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Again, it being a a decade in review, it is very much collector's uh, edition. So uh, go and check it out. Go to pwi-online.com. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Um, and uh, check us out there and uh another thing that i want to promote we talked about last week i got my uh maybe you didn't get your pwi in the mail but did you get your pwi weekly uh, Brian? i did yes i did yes came over in my inbox today and uh again this is a new feature that we've brought back uh thanks to kevin mclemania our new editor uh and uh it's a lot of fun you know I feel like rather than going through all these plugs, I could just direct you now to the PWI Weekly, because it does a lot of the plugging uh, for me, uh, and uh, tons of features. So so new updates there every a week, a match of the week, um, a little bit of, of nostalgia looking back at the original uh, PWI Weekly Newsletter. From 30 years ago uh, and uh, a lot more. So, uh, if you're a PWI fan, you want more content beyond uh, the magazine, you'll definitely want to sign up. It's absolutely free, and again, you could do that as well at uh, PWI-online.com. Uh, Another thing plugged in the uh, the newsletter that I'll plug here is the PWI T-shirt available at Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, com. And uh, what else do I want to plug? Our social media efforts at Official PWI, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. I plan to be uh, live tweeting WrestleMania, as I usually do, even though there's all kinds of logistical challenges that come with WrestleMania this year being over uh, uh, two nights. So we'll see. We'll see after, you know. Hour number eight of night two. How much I'm still feeling it, but I intend to at least try to, to live tweet WrestleMania. Uh, and what else? Yeah, send us an email at uh pwi at kappa or right here to the podcast, uh, pwi podcast at outlook.com. Uh, and I think that's about it. You know, subscribe to the podcast, please, wherever you get your podcasts and uh, please uh, leave us a positive re- review. We very much appreciate it. Um, okay, let's talk a little uh, WrestleMania. Uh, uh, first, um, Rex, having you uh, here on the line, again, one of the things that we were interested in is, is that you've actually worked out of the WWE Performance Center. You had a, a, a tryout. Uh, you were part of the same class that included Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny and, uh, Gargano, so you're more familiar certainly than me than a lot of fans about what are the the logistical challenges of putting on something like WrestleMania in the WWE Performance Center. So, um, can can you give us a sense of like space? Uh, what we we've been seeing on TV for the last few weeks? What is that? Is is that actually where the training goes on? Because the the, the actual Performance Center has a few different rings. So is is this just a portion? Of the entire um, performance center, or is that pretty much the whole thing, just kind of modified?
2: Oh, that's definitely like where they're shooting is the biggest space of the whole building. Uh, that would be where the training rings would be. But I'm sure, like, just clearing all those rings out's got to be a pain. But to but that where that stage is is pretty much where they come out and practice their promos and their and get their entrances down. So that's usually that's always up. But I'm sure they configure it like they move everything around to you know to make it how they want. And but from what I saw from Raw on SmackDown, the way it looks, it it looks pretty good to me. Like it looks like a big arena for the most part. The way they shoot it, if they shoot it straight from the entrance and don't show the crowd or anything, like I don't mind the way it looks really. But yeah, that's that's when you walk in, there's a huge gym. With weights and everything, and then you go through a door, and that's where like there's like five rings set up usually, and then uh, then like I said, the uh, the entrance ramp where they would practice their entrances and promos.
0: Yeah, so so that ramp is always there. And what's what's yeah. behind it? Does it lead to locker rooms or just that other area that you're talking about
2: that that has uh, uh,
0: another ring in it?
2: no there's usually there's nothing behind it when they have it set up for training they also they have that they also have that cool ring where you could practice high flying moves in with like the, the foam
1: mm-hmm.
2: the little foam thing that's usually near where that was set up like the last time i was there but yeah the, i mean i did there's an upstairs parts i didn't even see too and they also have uh promo rooms on the side of that same area closed off where just, like, uh, video production, I'm sure they could put in there and all that kind of stuff.
0: So th- those first couple of weeks where they had all the empty seats, those normally wouldn't be there, right? So did they actually just yeah. put in seats to have empty seats?
2: It, it seems that way, yeah. <laughs> there, there normally wouldn't be seats in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and it, so <laughs> the, the other thing we've heard some concern about is, like, how do you keep um, uh, wrestlers – uh, away how, how how do you observe this social distancing and i think triple h was on sports center talking about trying to keep folks away from each other backstage and kind of stagger when they come in is is yeah. there room to spread out outside of that area that we see on tv the, the arena part is there yeah. room in in whatever backstage would be to to keep people apart
2: yeah i'm sure they the that gym when you first walk in where all the weights are and everything, like they could probably put some people in there because that door directly leads into the area where they'll be shooting. So I'm sure you could keep some people in there. They probably might even have to keep them in the parking lot. To tell you the truth. It's so like kind of stay in their cars <laughs> mm-hmm. need, or, or give them a trailer or something in the parking lot. I would think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure you could put people upstairs and spread them out, but it'll be tough. Definitely. Yeah, so fascinating.
0: So, 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 Brian. Uh, 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 again, we're we're just a few days uh, away now. Do Do you have that, or, or maybe a better way of asking it? What does the feeling heading into WrestleMania this year as a fan? How does it compare to the anticipation that you typically have in in these final days before a WrestleMania?
1: Okay. So the feeling that I have this year is it's as if somebody told me well in advance that a train derailment was going to be <laughs> taking place. And they told me where it was going to be and when and what time it was going to start. And I'm just basically waiting to um, watch it. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, sound like you have a lot of high no, hopes for, for no, the show. Look, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm making jokes. But but the reality is, you know, if I'm being very blunt here, that I just foresee this being a very brutal two nights to get through. Why? And, uh, um, just the, the idea. And I think we floated this last time we were, when we were talking about it was, you know, th- they had the option of focusing on maybe their hottest matches that, and doing kind of like an abbreviated show, a one night thing, a couple of hours to just kind of get the big payoffs, get the drew McIntyre uh, victory and that kind of stuff and get that all in there. Uh, but instead, what they're going to do is they're asking people to sit through hour after hour of essentially silent pantomime wrestling. And and I just think that there are some of these some of these matches are just not going to be able to sustain that interest. Now, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm hoping that they're planning to mix it up with a lot of video packages and things. And I'm I'm very glad to see that they're going to be taking some of the matches out of the Performance Center um, and and kind of doing them at remote locations. I think maybe Undertaker and AJ Styles, right, is going to be one of those. Yeah. Just just to keep the variety going because they're going to run out of tricks. Like what I've seen so far with Raw and the SmackDown the way they've been doing it is – there's such a rigid way of thinking where they're still doing the same exact show that they would have been doing if there was an audience there, uh, other than the fact that there's less actual wrestling. But I mean, it's just presented in the same way. Guys are cutting promos to nobody. You know, they're they're coming out on the ramp and playing to nobody. and And I just feel like So much of the magic of WrestleMania, unfortunately, is going to be missing this year. Uh, It's just impossible for them to duplicate it. If they could, then they would never have a crowd. You know what I mean? It's going to be impossible to duplicate that magic. I I do think that they've gotten better. I mean, as as
0: Rex touched on, from that that first couple of weeks where we were literally staring at empty chairs that didn't even need to be there, Um, it's like they wanted to really drive home the fact that we're playing in front of an empty arena, and they seem to have come up with some um, innovations and some better ideas. You know, I, I know some folks are saying they copied AEW and. In in shifting the camera to be pointing at the uh, the hard camera to be pointing at the entrance rather than empty seats. Uh, If that's the case, that's fine. I mean, if there's a good idea, why not copy it? And they've done other stuff. Uh, You see more of like the digital LCD screens throughout, and and some of these little tricks to um, create the the illusion of uh, depth in uh, a small uh, uh, arena. So I do think that the televised product looks. Uh, World's better than it did. You know, it, it, at week three or whatever we're at, looks a lot better than it did at week one. Um, but but yeah, I mean, especially for WrestleMania, the absence of a crowd, it just makes all the difference. And 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 I'm largely with you. I I don't have uh, high hopes, and and it's like um, it's just hard to think of how this is anything more than um just really really bad right you know uh
1: and the length of it the length is That's really-
0: it yeah yeah you know and, and even if it was cut down to the the six best matches uh it it could be a slog uh, because of the lack of of an audience i mean it really is sort of fascinating uh, this whole question, it really is almost like this, this, uh, sociology project in, in wrestling, you know, how, how good could wrestling be without this key ingredient removed from it? Um, fans, and I've even thought, I mean, they haven't done it week to week on television, so I'm not counting on it, but I've wondered is, is there a way to replicate it to, and I'm not talking, um, like piping in crowd noise, cause that would be really lame, um, but but is there something that could be done to, um, you know, I've even thought like could could, I, I don't I don't. It's tough because th- it is truly a pandemic. So part of me thinks like can can you set up like closed circuit somewhere. And and have uh, a crowd of fans watching WrestleMania, and then pipe in their their live live reaction, that kind of thing. Well, but you could be- you could do a Google Hangout with fifty thousand people. Yeah, yeah I I, mean, I don't know if you say it <laughs> facetiously, but, <laughs> it's
2: but the best but thing what that I, they did. Yeah, was...
0: I, what I wonder if there's a way to do something like that. I mean, just to have some kind of uh, uh, live reaction because it's it's just. And, and it's such a shame because you have matches like Edge and Randy Orton that have built, been built really well that yeah. in front of 70,000 fans, I mean, you can imagine what the reaction would be in the pops. And it just feels like a waste to do that in front of silence. Um, so uh, uh, a real challenge. Um, uh, uh, Rex, you, you have any kind of outside-the-box ideas of, of maybe a, a way to take – you know, these, uh, make lemonade out of, out of these lemons beyond what they're already planning for, for a WrestleMania.
2: Yeah. Sorry about that. I almost jumped the gun a little bit, but no, yeah, I was just going to say the, the way that AEW had the, the heels in the crowd, like betting on the matches, that was a very interesting way to do it. And having the baby faces cheer and, uh, and like no crowd wrestling in independent wrestling is, uh, it was pretty common of back in the early two thousands, the the old Beyond Wrestling studio tapings and things like that. They'd have the other wrestlers around the ring, cheering on, banging on the mat, still in character and everything. And I think that, that's really the only thing they could do. But I know that that's tough now too because of the limitations they have on how many people could be in there at once. But. When AEW did it that first week, I thought it was a good way to get some crowd noise and get some excitement going.
0: Yeah, yeah, I thought about it sort of similarly. I mean, uh, whether it was fans or even personnel, can can you I, – I don't know what this violates in terms of uh, uh, guidelines or law, but can, but can you have a crowd uh, – and I use that term loosely, but with fans like every six feet apart? staying about, uh, Would that be better? Would that be worse? I don't know.
2: Yeah, anything be better than just silence. <laughs> but yeah. unfortunately they're in a tough spot. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the other, and, and I should, uh, uh, mention, these aren't, uh exactly spoilers, uh, but we are going to talk about some stuff that if you've strictly been following WWE television, you, you might not, uh, know about. So be warned and, and click away if you prefer, uh, not to know anything. Uh, but these aren't spoilers in terms of results or anything like that, which at least I haven't seen. Um, but you know, again, we're, we're previewing something that, that, uh, has already happened. I mean, word is that WrestleMania was recorded uh, last week, and uh, I think it turned out to be really well. I think just today, the state issued finally issued a, a stay-at-home order, uh, the state of Florida. So, if they had a way to do it live, there there really would have been a big question of whether they would have been able to do it at all. So, I do think, in retrospect, it was the right move uh, to make. But uh, one of the the big headlines to come out of the over the last week, and uh, again, kind of a spoiler, but but not so much because it's been addressed. Um, by Roman Reigns himself uh, on his Instagram, and Triple H all but confirmed it in, in an interview on ESPN. Roman Reigns is out of the, the main event. He will not be wrestling uh, Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Um, the The word is that Braun Strowman uh, is going to replace him or did replace him, and I guess we'll see an angle uh essentially setting that up on friday a lot of people myself included surprised to see them not have done something last week if you had an extra week to build that match i don't know why you you wouldn't uh and instead they kept on building to the match that they knew by last friday they were not putting on and i think even on monday on raw it's still promoting uh that match which is just Bizarre. So much of what WWE has done here is is b- bizarre here. Uh, but Brian, w- what are your thoughts? One of the things that really bothered me was seeing Roman Reigns in his Instagram saying that he's been getting a lot of grief from fans who were calling him a wimp or scared, and that really bothered me on kind of a, a real kind of gut level. Um, that that's the kind of uh, crap that makes fans, wrestling fans, look really really bad. I mean, when you're talking about a guy who has leukemia, who's got a family, who um, you know, he he mentioned his Instagram as a newborn at home. Nobody should um, uh, look down on him for making this decision. If you if you're going to be mad at anybody, um, be mad at WWE for even having put him in in that spot. Yeah. Uh, and and I I don't hold it against WWE, but but clearly once this all happened, this was absolutely the right move to make.
1: Yeah, and I think like you said, it, it's sort of uh, it kind of speaks to the way that I think in general there aren't enough people that are still taking this thing seriously uh, I, mean, I mean there's more people more and more but you still have pockets of people who are kind of living in a fantasy world yeah. and don't know the severity of what's going on out there um he's absolutely doing the right thing i mean you know I, I have to say i do partly hold wwe accountable on this because and the wrestling business in general but wwe is really notorious for this They encourage this this mentality among the fans that, you know, these guys sacrifice their bodies for your entertainment. And it's almost like you as a fan are entitled to that from them Mm -hmm. and they create this idea. And so that any time a performer, a wrestler stands up for themselves in any way. The fans view them as uh, a prima donna or a wimp or a crybaby. We saw the same thing, very different scenario, but I'm a, I've am always been a big defender of what CM Punk did years ago, uh, walking out when he didn't feel he was being treated properly, looking out for himself. And, you know, I feel like the average casual fan looked at him as being a jerk and a snob and a prima donna. And I I really don't like that mentality among fans, because I think if if the performers don't look out for their own needs, no one else is going to. So they have to.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. The the one that comes to mind, this is from a a while back, was uh, when they used to do the tribute to the troops um, overseas, and they would actually go to military bases in Afghanistan or Iraq. And there was one year um, where they were somewhere in the Middle East, and uh, Rob Van Dam refused to go. Yeah. And I remember at the time, the story was—you were probably working there at the time. I, th- right? I think I was, yeah. Yeah, and, and at the time, I remember this, the, this, the story was, it's completely voluntary, but he got a lot of grief. And um, his—and I remember interviewing him about it, and his feeling was, look, we work all year with this crazy schedule. Uh, if I've got some time off around the holidays and I have an opportunity to stay at home with my family— um, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm not, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, and, and nothing against the troops, certainly, uh, or, or the important work that he was doing. Uh, but, but yeah, he got a lot of grief about that and, you know, I, th- I think to your point that WWE is putting on this show at all. I think feeds that right because uh, the thought is they are so selfless that even amid um, all this going on, they- they're still going to put on this show to put smiles on on uh, fans' faces. And that was the line that Triple H kept on hitting on on that ESPN um, Sports Center interview. And I am not minimizing the the fact that there there is some good. Uh, in in them keeping entertaining uh fans and and certainly right now fans could could use some entertainment, so they are providing a service but um it is at 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 they can say that they're doing this for their fans um and and that's all well and good but but clearly this is not in the best interest of their personnel and then there is the bigger question of um, is there a responsibility beyond their personnel? Uh, if if one of one of their talent or, or production crew gets infected and takes it home with them and spreads it. So um, I, I I think almost objectively, this is not a good idea to, to put on the show. But but certainly, you know, I'll, I'll be watching. But but with Roman Reigns in particular. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a no brainer. But let's talk about the, the wrestling side of this and the this creates all kinds of logistical issues. Remember, a few weeks ago, this wasn't even the main event. The talk was that it was going to be Roman Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt for the uh, Universal Championship, and then um, they switched it to Goldberg. And I'm sure at the the time, and I don't know that this was uh, the thought, but it certainly makes sense that they thought, look, we'll put the title on Goldberg. um, He'll drop it to Roman Reigns. No harm, no foul. We get the title on Roman Reigns, and then we have a uh, universal champion that's going to be working all the house shows, full-time guy. Now that's out the window, right? So um, they switch Braun Strowman in, in there. Do you put the, the – so, so it, almost the more important thing is not who do you put the world title on, but just that you need to get that title off of Goldberg, um, You you would think – uh, but the flip side of that is, who knows when WWE is going to be running shows again. So does it even matter that it stays on Goldberg or not? So uh, all that said, what do you think of the new match of Braun Strowman and, and, and Goldberg? Uh, granted, we haven't seen them even mentioned on TV, so we don't know what the build, if there is a, a hot angle that is planned to move toward it. Um, but on on the face, what do you think of it? And
1: what do you think maybe the outcome will be? I think that they may have actually stumbled into something really fortuitous here because I've always felt, or at least as long as he's been with the company that, that uh, like a lot of people have felt that Braun Strowman has major main event top guy potential. And uh, I feel like for a while he was, it's sort of like flip flopped where they'd give him that monster push and then it would sort of die down. And, you know, then they'd have him tag teaming with little boys and things like that. And so it's like, uh, I, I think, For a while there, he was over to the point of almost feeling like a gigantic Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of a vibe. And I think that uh, this is somebody that they might want to consider doing that with. I mean, I know Drew McIntyre is the the one everybody's talking about, but I feel like there's certainly room at the top for more than one. I think he's got major potential, and this could be the kind of... um, lift off that he needs to really go to the next level. I mean, like you said, I don't know when he's actually going to be defending it or anything like that, but, but you can't, you can't have Goldberg as a long-term champion. I think we all agree about that. And so this might be the moment to really, to really push Stroman to the next level, which I feel like he's been at already, but it's sort of been like kind of wishy-washy. I I think they really, he hasn't in a while, right? I mean,
0: there was absolutely a time where, where I think, um, yeah, he was right, knocking out at that door. You know, yeah. when he worked with Brock Lesnar, but but he's been cooled down quite a bit, and really for for the last year. I mean, you remember a year ago WrestleMania, he was feuding with those guys from Saturday Night Live, and it hasn't picked up much since then.
1: Right, right. That's what I mean, and it, and it's sort of uh, it's been a shame because uh, I I feel like the the crowd really took to him, the fans really. We're ready, and which, in this day and age, is something special because they will they will spit something right back at you if they don't like it. We've seen it happen over and over again with guys that they've tried to make the top guy. So if they are accepting somebody actually accepting them, you know, I say run with it. I mean, that's like a gift,
0: yeah, Rex, from from uh, the standpoint of of somebody who uh, uh, is instrumental in laying out matches and training folks and things like that. What are the logistical challenges of actually putting on this match and, and how do you get out of it?
2: Putting on the, the Goldberg. And Strowman, Goldberg, Strowman, Yeah. Um, I, it's like most Goldberg matches. It's better off going short for, for both of their characters. I would think it could go much further than six to eight minutes. Probably. Or maybe a uh, kick out of a couple of big things. And I, yeah, I'd probably put the belt on Stroman in this situation. Yeah. When you get out with no crowd, will be tough. Very yeah. tough.
0: Is, is there an argument to be made for look, you know, Strowman or, or, uh, Goldberg and Roman Reigns was the marquee match for this year's WrestleMania. Well, maybe you can't do it now. Yeah. why not just wait? Why not just hold off till whenever you can do it?
2: Yeah, but you do, you do have to do something though. And I, I think that that's an, like, it's an interesting visual concept to see those two huge guys, like Strowman standing across the ring from Goldberg, like to, to a normal fan. Like they're That's two larger than life guys right there that for a WrestleMania match, like that's, that's Vince WrestleMania match, you know, like all over it right there. So, yeah, so, yeah. That, it, it makes me wonder though, how long or how what type of match Roman and Goldberg would have had if it would have been back and forth, uh, if it would have been a little longer than like a, a Strowman Goldberg match would be, That that's interesting. And they could always go back to it later on.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think the conundrum both in, in this match with Strowman and also with Roman was that, and they were babyface, babyface matches. And um, you're right. Even with Brock Lesnar, the, the, the best execution of that match was, um, you know, I think every, most fans loved when Goldberg just ran through Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series in his comeback match years ago. And that really was the way to do it. That's tougher to do when you're working with the babyface um, on both sides. I mean, would you, would you have had Goldberg destroy Roman Reigns in a minute? I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't but think so, yeah. the flip side, would they have had Roman run through Goldberg um, that quickly? And as you touched on, if you don't, do you end up with um, Undertaker versus Goldberg at uh, that Saudi show um, last uh, year, which was just unwatchable? Yeah. So uh, it's tough. Yeah. And, and I think maybe this match, Brian, more than um, others, uh, is really going to
1: Be hurt without that that crowd reaction because with Goldberg, the crowd is everything, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, again, I've been a a Goldberg supporter over the years, and I I always get into arguments with the people that complain about, you know, his work rate and things like that, and just that he can't wrestle. And I'm like, what does that even mean? You know, I mean, the, the guy draws money. He's been hugely popular with fans. I mean, why should, you know, he deserved everything he got and, and he deserved way, you know, more than he actually got, but, but yes, obviously the deal with Goldberg is you have to hide his weaknesses. You have to protect him. And, um, you can't really do that when there's nobody there. It, it, it's going to be rough. I mean, you know, he was pretty exposed in that undertaker match, unfortunately, and, and it's probably going to be worse here in, in a way. Although, I mean, maybe not because, you know, Roman is, is a little bit younger and spryer, you know, no offense to, to the Undertaker. He may be able to help a little bit more and carry it a little bit more. But like but with a baby face, baby face scenario like that, again, the match kind of already is dependent on that crowd reaction. You want like the divided, uh, you know, allegiance of the audience and everything. And instead, you're going to sort of get like. I don't know, two guys that, uh, well, what's the angle? Like they sort of kind of respect each other. And like, like, w- where do you go with that with nobody there? Yeah. Do you think Goldberg could get uh up for a jackhammer? I uh, <laughs> oh got a
0: good um, question. He has a big, big boy. Yeah. Uh, who, who knows? You know, the, the other thing that comes to mind that maybe benefits this match from, from all this craziness that's going on is that, they could essentially do it until they have it right, right. So, um, <laughs> yeah. if if that first jackhammer doesn't look could maybe you do it again. You do it again. That's a again. good point. Yeah, you yeah. Take, you take the best take. So they could cut it up and do some some um, editing to put on the best version of this match. Um, you know, so, so that'll be interesting. See how much of that's going on. Um, let's talk about, uh, what is, uh, I guess, ostensibly the, the other uh, main event, the other world title match, the, uh, WWE championship match, Brock Lesnar defending against Drew McIntyre. Um, you know, this by all, you know, accounts was supposed to be the big coming out party for Drew McIntyre and, and maybe still will be, but again, uh, it, it's like the uh, the old tree falling in, in the woods, right? I mean, how how what will this look like if the coronation happens in front of a dead, empty um, uh, arena? So um, all that said, Brian, do, do you think because of that, maybe they put on hold? I mean, there's there's not as much urgency here. You, you could keep that title on on Brock and revisit this match. Um, whenever it would be SummerSlam or or whenever. And is it worth doing that just so you, um, you had that extra bit of of momentum of, of gravitas when Drew finally gets the title or is this the right time to just go ahead and put
1: the title on him and and make him the guy? I I feel like the entire show should be put off until the summer (laughs) or something like that. But since they're not doing that, you know, I, I think the bet is made unfortunately, because here's the problem. If, if they do put it off, then what are you going to do? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna slow McIntyre's momentum. I mean, are you going to have like a DQ finish? Or are you going to have him lose the match? You know, through some kind of interference or something? I think that only hurts McIntyre because he's right on the cusp. You know what I mean? Like he can go either way right now. He's in that spot where yes, you can become like a respected, solid, established main eventer. Or you could go back to the mid card. So I I think any sign of weakness at this point is going to hurt him. So he's got to he's got to win this. And so now they're sort of stuck because they've set it up that way and they've pushed it that way that if he doesn't win it, I don't know if the moment will be kind of lost. So it's like they they sort of have to roll the dice. And I know this is a mixed mixed metaphor, but they have to roll the dice and stick with the hand that they have.
0: What what I'm not clear on, and this, this kind of taints everything in terms of making predictions, is what is the plan after Sunday? I mean, um, I don't even know if there's a Raw on Monday uh, after that or SmackDown after that. Are, are they sticking with the weekly television out of the Performance Center for the foreseeable future, even if this is potentially prolonged for, for months? Or – and I don't know if this would be a bad idea – do you just shift to – you know, keep the time slot, but every week, but just put on some classic matches and just kind of put everything on hold. And and if you did that, is it the worst thing in the world um, to just put on hold coronating Drew until you've got a semblance of, of some normalcy back and you can do that match in, in front of a crowd? Uh, again, it's it sort of it, it's not like, you know. You, you 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 pick up house shows in in a week and you need drew with that title defending at all the house shows. Uh, you know, you put that title on him uh, on on Sunday or Saturday if they haven't already. And then what? He sits at home for a while. So I, I'm not sure what the urgency is. So I don't know. I don't know that if, if maybe it's not best just to leave it on Brock um, um for now and then do this when uh, the the time is right. Rex, you got any thoughts on, on what's the best
2: way to approach this? Uh, I was just, I was really happy to see Drew McIntyre, all his hard work kind of start to pay off and the crowd was really getting behind him. So it's definitely unfortunate that his big moment is kind of a little bit diminished without a crowd or, or anything, having that big WrestleMania moment where you've got to think he probably would have won that match. Yeah. And Yeah. So I, I mean, I would like to see him win it, but it would be best probably to hold it off maybe for SummerSlam and get that crowd reaction that he would have got at mania.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the the real shames of all this, maybe more than anybody on that roster is that he was doing so well. I mean, I do think he was like the story this year, kind of like Kofi was um, last year and um Seeing how confident he's gotten and sure of himself he is, if, if these angles and these promos that he's been cutting were, were in front of an audience over the last few weeks, I could really see the momentum sort of building and that groundswell of support building. Um, but it, it does feel like he's sort of lukewarm right now. And and how could you not be when, you know, there's there's no audience to, to cheer you on? Um in terms of uh, importance, uh, I think probably Randy Orton and Edge would be next up. I mean, it feels like every year there's that sort of special attraction match, and I think this is kind of it this year. Edge returning after uh, whatever it's been nine years for his first singles match. Um, I think uh, you know most most people I've heard have really commended the job WWE's done in building this. It's a lot of terrific promos. Randy Orton, in particular, feels as inspired as he has been in a long time. Um, you know, I, I in my last column in the magazine, I talked about how his name came up in the the Hall of Fame, uh, the Observer Hall of Fame balloting. And, and I looked at it and I just, once upon a time, I would have thought he was a sure thing. But I just think uh, there's been so many letdowns over the last several years in big matches, including at WrestleMania, uh, that I, I just thought that, you know, that ship had kind of sailed. So it's nice to see, Orton kind of reinvigorated and have something that he can really sink his teeth into. And I do think we're seeing the best version of, of Randy. And um, Edge as well has just been, we haven't seen as much of him, but where we've seen his promos, including the promo that he cut Monday night uh, backstage, um, you know, he's got passion. He's got fire. Uh, it, it, this is, uh, this, I, I uh, all things considered, I'm pretty excited about this match. Uh, again, it feels like sort of a shame that, that it's going to happen in front of total silence. Uh, what What are your thoughts, Brian, on on the build to this and what the execution might look like?
1: Um, well, I'm starting to feel like a broken record a little bit because I, I but again, it's the same refrain. And this match particularly, I think, suffers because you're talking about a grudge match, right? A, a, a serious white hot grudge match, it's been presented in the best way they they possibly could have under the circumstances. I mean, the the bit with Beth Phoenix, for sure. I mean, just the rarity of women getting manhandled in Mm -hmm. WWE, kind of, so that when it does happen, it is very shocking. And you saw real heat. There was real heat on Randy Orton there. Uh, Thankfully, they got that
0: in while they still had a crowd. Imagine that same angle uh, without a crowd there.
1: Right, right, and but it is going to take away because this is a a hot angle. It's a hot match, and uh, you, you you without the crowd there, you you lose some of that heat. You've got two. Look, here's the good side. You've got two great workers there, guys who could have a match, a great match with a broom handle. You know what I mean? And and so I mean the match itself in a bubble, right? Will probably be great, but but watching it as a fan, especially a casual fan. You're you're going to be missing that that heat on the match, I think, and and it's unfortunate. That might have be, been one of the matches that would most have benefited from being put off. Is this is a
0: is this the last man standing match? It is, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So uh, I imagine we get some smoke and mirrors and and all that. Uh, uh, Rex, what do you think this might look like? Are we going to uh, maybe explore different parts of the performance center you were just talking talking about?
2: Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool, but. Uh, as a wrestler, um, just like these, those two guys, Randy Orton and Edge, are just two of the best psychology workers, probably of just like all time. Like in their prime, Edge used to, like I used to just love watching the way Edge would wrestle back when I was younger, even before I got into wrestling. And Randy Orton's the master of getting the most out of the least and pacing and things like that. So it's going to it'd be very interesting to see what they do as a last man standing in the performance center. They, they could get pretty creative, I think.
0: Yeah. And that is, um, uh, you know, I guess one upside, I mean, you could do this m- maybe in that sense, not having the crowd at least visually won't hurt it so much because it, it does sound like it's going to be all over the place anyway, backstage, maybe into the street. Um, so you at least won't miss seeing the crowd as much, um, even though I'm sure we'll miss uh, hearing them. So, um, it, it, Brian, any thoughts on, on, uh, a prediction here on, on a winner, you know, WrestleMania, they typically like to put the baby faces over, but maybe they see this as a feud that uh, has some legs. Uh, so maybe, maybe not. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll go on a limb and say that I think they, Randy takes this one and, and, um, you know, edge lives to fight another day.
1: I think, I I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm thinking in the other direction. I'm thinking they're going to go with a feel good type of scenario. I mean, usually my, th- my barometer on this is if it feels like the baby face is overmatched, he's probably going to win it. And I think that, that, that's sort of the way this is has been going like with Randy Orton as the master manipulator and, and the doubts, you know, does is edge rusty and can he still pull this off and, I mean, sure, anything can happen. But I, I think if 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 I'm booking it, if I'm being the armchair you know, guy, I'm going to say that I'm going to I'm going to make the crowd happy and have Edge go over in this match.
0: Yeah. Uh, AJ Styles and the Undertaker. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, whenever we get the Undertaker WrestleMania, obviously it is uh, a big deal. Uh, a boneyard match. <sighs> You know, on, on on one hand, I think as you guys touched on, uh, it, it's good to maybe show some – to have a change of scenery uh, so we're not just staring at that same tiny uh, empty arena for eight hours over two days or whatever it will be. The, the flip side of that is that I don't even know what a bony match is, but um, I don't know if it involves a ring and um, – I very much want AJ Styles to have a ring, (laughs) you know? So, uh, if, if they set up a ring in the middle of a, of a graveyard, uh, maybe this can work out, but, but otherwise, if it's just them kind of punching each other, you know, walking through a cemetery, I think that really limits what AJ can do. And I think for this match to work, um, you know, it sort of reminds me of, of, uh, Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels back at SummerSlam 2005, where Sean was just, you know, he's basically wrestling himself and Hogan was there. And it's not that extreme with, with Undertaker, but I but it it is the kind of situation that I think when we first heard this match months ago, a lot of fans were excited about it because less about seeing what they could do together and and more about seeing what, how can AJ pull this off? How much can he do on his own to kind of create the sense of movement and, and bump around and fly around and give the undertaker probably potentially the best match he's had in years. But if, if you literally don't have a ring um, that to me, that, that really kind of uh, hamstrings this match.
1: Yeah. I I feel kind of mean for saying it, but it, it seems to me for the past few years like The Undertaker's career has sort of been on fumes. Yeah. And it, and it's sort of like this is uh, – the send-off that he should have gotten has happened so many times. Like, you know, I, I felt like it, it could have and should have ended maybe with Shawn Michaels. It could have and should have ended with CM Punk. It definitely should have ended with Brock Lesnar and definitely then again should have ended with Roman Reigns. So uh, right now it's like they're almost – running out of ideas and and again I hate putting it this way but it's like these undertaker comebacks it's getting to the point where it's like I don't even know if anybody wants to see this anymore and and, and I feel like AJ Styles look the guy is probably the greatest in-ring performer in the business today but he's the wrong opponent for Undertaker in a match like this. And the same way that Michaels was wrong for Hogan, because he's so athletic, he's so dynamic. His strengths are in his, you know, ability to really bump like crazy and move around the ring. And I just don't think that's the kind of match that helps the Undertaker. If anything, it, it accentuates his weaknesses. You know, he's better in there with a Brock Lesnar or somebody like that. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I just think that AJ Styles is being wasted in a match like this.
0: Yeah. Rex, as again, as a wrestler, how do you approach this match? The limitations of working with a guy who is, uh, I think in his late fifties now, uh, you know, certainly all kinds of uh, 56. Yeah. So, so certainly all kinds of limitations, physical limitations that have been well-documented and potentially again, without a ring. So Uh, how do you approach this match?
2: Well, yeah, I've I've been in that predicament a few times. I, I wrestled just incredible recently, which was had a few limitations there. I had to work around. I mean, but uh, they have the boneyard. I guess they're gonna film it in a cemetery or something. I, I think that's what people are assuming, but. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, oh, man. Well, I I was always a huge AJ Styles fan. He was like my favorite wrestler when he was hot, like on the Indies in the early days of TNA. So I, I would, as a fan, r- would rather see him have like a match with like Daniel Bryan or something, or like a crazy, good, just normal wrestling match. But I mean Yeah, it, it, I guess you like you said before, you pretty much just have to punch and kick and uh, use the props around you. And that's pretty much all you could do. I'm sure they'll make it entertaining, but I, had, yeah, that's all you could really do in that situation.
0: Yeah, I assume we're going to get a uh, Michelle McCool uh, cameo somehow. Something oh, that, yeah. that that Undertaker said that was sort of interesting. I don't know if other people caught, but he talked about um, he was bringing the Holy Trinity of something of hell or something. Oh, that's right. Uh,
2: yeah, what he when he said that, that made me wonder they might turn into like a six man with Gals and Anderson maybe even something like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wondered if he's talking Michelle and maybe Kane, do we get a a Kane cameo? Yeah.
2: I don't know. I thought Kane too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's let's more quickly go through the um, the the rest of the card. Let, let's talk about both women's title matches, I guess at 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 once. Um, you've got on one hand Becky and Shayna uh, Becky's been a champion now for a year. I think they, they expected and hoped that there'd be more heat for this match, um, than, um, there is playing off the history of, of Shayna and Ronda. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not that pumped about it. And then on the other side, you've got Rhea Ripley and, um, Charlotte for the NXT title, uh, women's title. Um, uh, any, any thoughts on, on either of these, uh, uh, Brian, is there one you're more excited about than the other?
1: I, well, I think in general I'm more excited for them than than you are. I, I mean, I have to say, probably although I love Shayna Baszler, I, I, I mean, I, I I love her matches. I think she's great. I think I'm a little more interested in Charlotte and Rhea Ripley just because it has more of a WrestleMania feel to me. Maybe it's because they're both. You know, Shayna Baszler is a is a great wrestler, but. She's not necessarily that larger than life persona, which I think Becky Lynch in her promos has almost been pointing out. Which, uh, which I think WrestleMania feeds off of those like big performers, and and Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, they have that going for them. You know, she's Ripley is a major star on the rise. Charlotte Flair is hands down, male or female, one of the best all around workers they have in the company. I'm actually really, really psyched to see that match. Really? I think okay. It's going to be great, yeah.
0: Um, do, do you expect either or both titles to change? I can see them both changing. I mean, Becky's held it for a year, and it feels like she needs something to kind of freshen up the act. So, so having her on the chase for um, a little bit would seem to make sense. And on the other side of things... Um, we, we've seen as they've been building NXT that they want to move some more uh, main roster talent to over to NXT like they did with Finn Balor. So it would, and, and you know, Charlotte's another one who could certainly use some freshening up. Um, so I could see them moving her to NXT for a while and being the defending champion there. So I wouldn't be
1: surprised to see both titles change. How about you? Well, I, I would be surprised to see um, heels go over in both matches. So, I mean, I'm going to, I kind of feel like I think I think Rhea Ripley will probably win that one and I think that Becky will probably keep her title in some form or another. That's what I see happening there.
0: Okay. Rex, any thoughts on, on either of uh, these two matches? Are you excited for them?
2: Uh, Becky Lynch's promos uh leading up to the match have been really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the build to that match is, I thought has been very well done. Yeah. And, uh, it's good to see Shayna Baszler finally get called up because she, it was a long time coming for her and Rhea Ripley. I've been very impressed with every time I see, so I'm sure that match will be really good as well.
0: Yeah. It's worth mentioning. There's uh, of course, another women's title match, the SmackDown women's title, um, Bailey defending in a fatal five way against lacey evans tamina naomi and sasha banks this just feels like one of these deals that they do every year where try to get everybody onto the show or as many people as possible so um i don't think a whole lot of high hopes for this one uh except that they do seem to be trying to build something um with with her and sasha uh i guess to to pay off down the line so uh do either you expect a, a title change here
1: Well, I I first have to say that I I hate those kind of matches where they just dump as many people as they can. It sort of makes things feel like an afterthought. Uh, It makes the people that are in the match feel like an afterthought. And I I also think it sort of telegraphs sometimes the title change because when the average fan sees like six people in a match, they kind of know, and it may not always be right, but they kind of feel like they know that the champion is not walking out of that match with the title.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, next uh, up, let's talk a little bit about Seth Rollins and uh, Kevin Owens, uh, you know, that they've gotten a lot of TV time uh, on Raw, some some pretty good promo work on both their parts. This also feels like a match that I could see. Uh, you know, spilling outside of the arena and going who knows where, you know, the, the, the performance center has kind of been part of this whole storyline and both their histories uh, uh, in it. So again, maybe we get uh, another kind of tour of the performance center uh, here. Um, you know, it's sort of, sort of surprising. I mean, you think about Seth Rollins uh, a year ago and even less than that, I mean, he, he was so on a roll and, I remember a few months ago when he started kind of putting the pieces in place for WrestleMania and, you know, this guy's going to wrestle this guy, this guy's going to wrestle this guy. And Seth Rollins is one of those guys who sort of felt left out. You know, what do you do with Seth? And he ends up with Kevin Owens, uh, which is fine, but it is also um, very much a mid-card match. I mean, upper mid-card, but but certainly not uh, – again, if, if we're talking about matches in in order, I'd say maybe at best it's it's fifth from the top. Uh, uh, more or less. So, um, but you know, I, I, I do think there's potential here for some, some really good work from two former ring of honor champions. Uh, Rex did, did I, were either these guys on, on the independence uh, with you once at a time?
2: Uh, time? I've been on, I've been on shows with Kevin Owens, uh, when he was still there. Yeah. yeah. And I think he just got signed like not too far before I had my tryout.
0: Yeah. So in terms of style, what, what do you think this match um, will look like? I mean, again, both guys who, who, who have that independent blood kind of running through their veins. Uh, yeah. Do you have high hopes for what this will look like?
2: Yeah, I think, I think so. I think them um, playing into the performance center was a smart thing to do. Playing into that, they both came up through the system and they both grinded uh, to get there. And they kind of did callbacks to their training days. And I think that was the way to go with that. Like this match probably has to be the, uh, you know, the Indie rific match, if you will, (laughs) back, back and forth, Uh, lots of spots. I think that's their, their place on the card. And uh, I think they'll do, that's what they're known for. So it should be a good match.
0: And, and maybe because of that, this actually works better than some of the others, because, you know, we've certainly seen over on AEW how the, the, the modern style of wrestling, uh, maybe is less dependent on crowd reaction uh, than, yeah. than some others because a lot of it is about kind of the the yeah. artistry. I was watching earlier today, um, you know, the match that made me fall in love with wrestling was Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, uh, WrestleMania six, and it's 30 years ago today as we're uh, recording this, and I watched it back today and blown away by how just nothing happened in that match. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it was just from a chin lock Whoa. to a bear hug to a chin lock. Um, and yet as, as a kid, I loved, loved, loved that match. And, and I, I still think it holds up pretty well, all things considered, but so much of it was 60,000 fans um, in Sky Dome and uh, Monsoon and Ventura doing a, a terrific job. Uh, so they were able to kind of cover up, for some of uh, uh, the faults of the match. Uh, but when you've got a Seth Rollins and a Kevin Owens, who uh, artistically are, are so good, maybe they can pull this off better than most people on on uh, this card can. What do you think, Brian?
1: Yeah, this is the match that, for me, is in the position that the Intercontinental title match used to be on yes. the WrestleMania card, which is like... You can you can rely on it. It's it's a mid card match, but you can sort of predict that it may wind up being the best technical wrestling match on the card Uh, because, uh, again, of the talent of the guys involved. And just again, just like some of those great ones like Savage and Steamboat is the one that everyone always talks about, of course, but there are many others. Um, some of those matches, yeah, I could sort of see working uh, better, at least with no crowd there, just because you're marveling at the technique of what you're seeing, you know, whereas uh, a lot of the other matches, it does depend on emotion more than more than that. So, so uh, yeah, I think this match will benefit and I think it wind up, it may wind up being the best, you know, actual hold for hold, move for move match on the card.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and it, it's worth pointing out, we don't know what's happening what night. Well, I think Kevin Owens referenced his match happening Saturday. Uh, and I think Becky might have also mentioned her match happening on Saturday. But uh, for the most part, we don't know what's happening Saturday, what's happening Sunday, which is crazy when they're selling these as, as pay-per-views and pushing them as pay-per-views more than usual. And they're asking fans to buy either night, not knowing what matches on, on what night. So... Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe by Friday they square all that away. Uh, let me run through the rest of the card uh, uh, more quickly and uh, either of you could, could uh, after I go through them, jump in and, and maybe tell me which of these are uh, stand out. Maybe you're looking forward to more than others. Uh, for the Intercontinental title, there is an IC title match, uh, Sami Zayn and, and Daniel Bryan. Uh, Raw Tech team champion, the Street Profits versus versus Austin Theory and Angel Garza, uh, Theory replacing Andrade, who was injured. Uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, a triple threat ladder match. Uh, again, a little bit of a spoiler. The word is that this is not exactly going to happen as advertised either. Uh, the Miz and John Morrison versus The New Day versus The Usos. The word is that The Miz... Uh, was feeling a bit under the weather. Don't know what it is, um, but I guess out of, uh, of precautions, they pulled him from the match, and I think the talk is that this may be a three-way singles ladder match with members of each of these teams. So it could be something like, and I don't know, but it could be something like Morrison versus Kofi versus um, and Uso. I don't know who. I don't know if the tag team title is still on the line. Uh, Women's Tag Team Championship, Kabuki Warriors versus uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, then they just threw on the card, I think uh, on Monday night, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley, uh, Elias and King Corbin has got a little bit of TV time, uh, some teasing, maybe that Gronk will be involved in this one. And uh, Otis and Dolph Ziggler, uh, just a, of all the people to, to be included on on WrestleMania, when you think of a lot of people who are, who are not on the show, um, these two got on. Uh, but actually, this show, this match probably has more more heat and more storyline than a lot of others. So, um, uh, Rex, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you. Of all those, anything uh, jump out uh, that, that you'll be interested in watching?
2: That, that undercard that sounds pretty good, actually. That When you just really? ran that through, I was like... Huh. Yeah, there's some interesting matches there. I think Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan are probably going to go all out. You got you got to think. Like Sami Zayn hasn't hasn't wrestled in a while. I'm sure he's got a little chip on his shoulder and wants to show like people in the back that he could still go, kind of thing. And to kind of pigeonhole him as a manager, like he's a great talker, but like I, I, there's got there's always as a performer, there's always got to be a part of you that says like, hey, I could still go here. Like I don't know why you guys aren't giving me you know opportunities so i think they're gonna probably kill it so that's gonna be good
0: if they're given the time yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah brian anything any jump thing anything jump out of you there well the first thing that jumps out is that the the list of matches you described as much as you know i i respect the guys involved if i had to cut the show down because of this those would be the matches the, the yes, ones all that of them you, yes, that you listed I agree. basically all of them and not to be repetitive, but out of those, I would have to agree with Rex that the one that is probably going to be the best and the and the and the least dispensable out of all of them would be the Daniel Bryan Sami Zayn one again because you know you've got the legacy of the intercontinental title, which people still I think some fans still look to that title as, as having a great WrestleMania match every year. And you've got two guys that are that are great. I mean, Daniel Bryan, for God's sake, his reputation precedes him. Nothing more needs to be said. I mean, the guy, you know, for a few years back was WrestleMania. You know what I mean? And and Sami Zayn is a guy who hasn't gotten his due yet since he's been called up to the main roster. So, yeah, that's a match I'll be I'll certainly be be looking at with interest.
0: Yeah, I think one of the, the cooler kind of uh, stories over the last year is that um, O'Brien is having these, he's sort of picking his opponents, and um, a lot of them are sort of unconventional. You know, I really liked the match with Drew Gulak at the last pay per view. Yeah,
2: that was very good.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. And and this one, if given the time, I don't know what's up with Sammy. I don't know if he's just taken a break because he's wanted it or, or um, yeah, he just didn't have anything to do. Yeah. And that's just it. It's like, I, I know once upon a time, this match could have been really something. I, I don't know what, if any limitations he's got right now, but um, we will see. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in, in their day, they could both really go. So we'll see. If that's still the case. And again, another one of those matches that like everything here, how how does this look without a crowd there? Uh, but similar to what we said about Steen and Rollins, I mean, both these guys very much again came through that independent um, scene and, and, and know how to work in front of not a lot of fans and put on a good match. So, um, they might be a little bit more in their element than some others here. Um, and anything else, you know, WrestleMania, typically we're talking big returns, surprises, cameos. Uh, I don't know if that's even possible, uh, here. I know there were some reports, not necessarily from the most reliable sources of, of WWE, maybe trying to bring in some folks as, as surprises, surprise signings. Um, I, I, you know, again, on on most years, it wouldn't be unusual to see uh, The Rock pop up or Hulk Hogan pop up or or those types. Brian, do you expect anything like that, given the circumstances?
1: I I really don't. I mean, why would you? expose even more people. Although, I mean, look, I don't know if we're thinking of who we're dealing with here. Maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, (laughs) why would you why would you expand this even wider than it needs to be and bring more people into it? Not to mention the fact that, again, you're going to sort of sabotage any kind of momentum they would get because it's like, oh, it's this great revelation of some guy that we signed and nobody's here. You know, is that really the ideal time for them to show up? I mean, I think you may I mean, they may try to simulate it by what they often do, which is where they'll bring out legends of the past who still work for the company, you know, like maybe uh, Sergeant Slaughter will come out or, 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 or or Mike Rotundo or, or people like that, that, that are still sort of like affiliated and associated with the company. They might do that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I could see them maybe doing some Skype stuff. I mean, uh, if, if you watch, you know, late night television, whether it's a tonight show or, uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, whatever, the, everybody's, you know, that's kind of the, the craze right now is everybody broadcasting from home and having some fun with it. So I could see them maybe doing some of that, whether it's, you know, Hogan on Skype or, or whoever, the NWO, uh, I don't know how much that really adds to anything, but, but you know, they, they do need to come up with some content to break up match after match after match, um, largely in this, empty, tiny, um, venue. So I, am almost more than the card. I'm, I'm interested in, um, the, the overall production and, and the look, um, and, and this kind of goes back, uh, a Rex to again, talking about putting it on from the performance center. Um, d- do you expect that the, the look of WrestleMania, will be essentially what we've seen on Raw and SmackDown the last couple of weeks, but with a WrestleMania sign or a couple of WrestleMania signs, or do you think there's room there to really dress it up beyond what we've seen the last couple of weeks?
2: I think more than anything, uh, there's not really much room to dress up. Like I'm sure they're going to have the lights, the graphics, it's going to be brighter they might try to make like a more, like a more grand looking set but i think what they're really probably going to try to do is just interesting ways of shooting it more than anything like maybe just weird camera angles just weird ways of of shooting it like cause they love saying that they they like they're making movies you know so and this is yep. their they already filmed it so they're going to have all this time to edit it and do weird little cuts and things like that i think they're going to probably experiment with that stuff more than anything the way they edit it yeah, yeah. Well, we will
0: see. I mean, again, uh, it's certain it, it to be one of the most memorable WrestleManias of all time. And and uh, again, watching WrestleMania 6 earlier today, and, and uh, I, I dug up my old Pro Wrestling Illustrated with the Warrior holding up the two title uh, belts in the Sky Dome, those fans behind him. And you think about those iconic images of, of 35 years of WrestleMania and um, forever, you know, the images of, of this WrestleMania is going to be a taped event in a tiny empty arena, just um, wow, uh, and Brian, I hope you and I can can recap it all uh, here on the podcast uh, hopefully relatively shortly after, I don't know if we would do both nights or, or maybe we wait until after Sunday night to kind of recap it all um, so, anyhow, thank you guys, Rex, thanks so much, I appreciate it hopefully, hopefully uh, fans will find uh, you and NYWC and uh, Chikara and keep on supporting what you guys are doing. Uh, Brian, thanks so much. Stay safe. Thank you. All All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy WrestleMania, and we will be back soon.